Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. We took a little break. Did you miss us? Did you notice? I don't think they, maybe like a week or two. Uh, we took a little break. We kind of staggered it out. Life has been a little crazy. Uh, this transition from not being in a pandemic to kind of being back in a pandemic, as well as school starting and some craziness on graduate school end. There's been a lot of changes and upheavals, um, and uh, podcasts in, had to take a break. I was in Wisconsin for two weeks for work. Mm-hmm. We did record a little bit ahead, so I think we only missed like a week. All right. I don't feel as bad then. So, but it to you, the listener, you're like, oh, you guys just dropped an episode last week. To us, we've not recorded in like... A month. Yeah. Like a month. <laughs> it was needed. So, it's crazy. But here we go. We mm-hmm. are midway through our uh, My Birthday Month. Yay! Basically. Every month we pick a theme and Josh tries to slowly kill me with a movie based on that theme. Yeah, I'm doing a really bad job this month. Yeah. <laughs> this month, what do we do? We- it's all like fantasy horror, right. like dark fantasy. And man, it even broke down to where I did the first and third weeks were supposed to be movies that I was like, need more attention, more eyes on them. Because mm-hmm. They're good. And then weeks two and four, I'm like, they're just fucking incredible and I love them. Okay. So we're now on week this is three. Three. Yep. So this is, this, a, is, this is a softball, as you would say? Before I wake. This before is a I movie wake. that needs more eyeballs on it. Why have more people not seen this movie? It Okay. Um, what year? So this movie was a, released everywhere in the world mm-hmm. in 2016. Oh. But it was released in the United States on January 5th of 2018. More on that later. Okay. That was going to be my a whole next question. <laughs> All right. I worry every time that there is a movie that comes from the 21st century. Um, and I worry even more when it's a movie that comes from uh, the closer to present day. <laughs> 20, 21st century? No. And uh, we're, okay. All I right. will say this movie has horror stuff in it, but it's definitely more fantasy than it is horror. Okay. Um, drama, too. There's a lot of drama. 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 So, we're going to go with 2016 as the date, because that's when it was intended to come out. Um, that's fair. What were you doing in 2016? Oh, God. Uh, I had just started at the Y that year. I was going to say that we are, that's uh, one year out from our meeting. We met in, yeah, 2017, didn't we? Did we? 2017? Think about your password to log on. To 2018. The, there it is, 18. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> it feels like it's been forever, baby. Yeah. We're hilarious together. So, just a quick recap for 2016, in case you forgot. <laughs> How could we forget? Uh, that's when the Zika virus mm-hmm. outbreak happened. Remember when? The oh, actually, I did forget that. Oops. How could we forget? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Obama visited Cuba. The Pulse nightclub shooting happened. God. Pokemon Go was released. How I was remember it? that. Was yeah, that was fun. Thing. I knew it was big when Jason Jones was doing it. I was like, for real? That's cool. <laughs> The Summer Olympics happened in Brazil, and it was super dirty. Remember that? Yes. A like, lot of sex. Swim. Oh, um, yeah. No, I thought I was talking about the porn. Dirty. Yeah. Uh, the pollution yeah. was out of control. The Cubs won the World Series, which meant hell froze over, which led to Donald Trump being elected president. Oh, oh, is that how that happened? Okay, yeah. okay. Thanks, Cubs. 
bastards. Uh, also, 2016 is the year that everyone died. <laughs> oh my god! Someone, <laughs> someone you love is going to be in the list of people that passed away in 2016. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry sure. to rehash that, but here we go. Uh, here we go. David Bowie, Alan yeah. Rickman, Harper Lee, yeah. Andre Zulovsky, director of Possession. Fuck yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Gary Shandling. Ugh. Prince. Ugh. Muhammad Ali. Uh, Gene Wilder, uh, George Michael. I have so many feelings about this list. Continue. Yeah, you're not kidding. Continue. And Carrie Fisher. There it is. Yeah. So Space that's Mom. 2016. What a bullshit year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that means that that was the year. Yeah. That was. Trump was elected November 2015. Became president. No. no? I have it backwards. He, he's elected. So. Presidents are elected on less, he was in the 16th. In the 16th. And he took office in 17th. Okay, so. January. Yeah, so this was, uh, in my life, this was my second divorce. Guys, when you find someone that you meet online, you run off in a lope. Don't. Just don't. After a few weeks. It I doesn't. I uh, have successfully not done that. It doesn't work out. And uh, there is no. <laughs> ending that's like oh this is a good idea uh anyway that's what that's how i was spending 2016 you've teed me up perfectly for this bit of trivia Uh oh uh, so i'm gonna go ahead and say it now the reason this movie did not come out in 2016 in the united states and came out in 2018 instead was it was bought but for domestic distribution by relativity media which went bankrupt all right and then it sat on a shelf while it got released by another distributor everywhere else in the world. But in America. But in America. Oh, so nice. Netflix bought it as part of a package of movies that had some other Mike Flanagan stuff in it. Okay. And they released it. So this is Guys, the industry's crazy. In the United States. Like, there's not a Blu-ray. Doesn't That's exist. That's so wild. You can only see this movie on, on Netflix. Netflix. So there you go. All right. And it's because Relativity Media have bought the rights to distribute this movie in the United States. And then they went belly up. So, so that's why uh, this. So how did it do? Was it uh, a big success? Netflix. No, I mean, well, worldwide. I mean, it, it got really good reviews. I can tell you that. But okay, so I'm not about money, to watch a shit show. Eh. Eh. Like, it, we don't really have numbers. Like, okay. Yeah, that it's it's different. Yeah. It's different. Also, before we get into talking about this, this movie is, of course, um, Mike Flanagan, right? Who co-wrote and directed it. He has said on record several times that he didn't like the marketing of calling this a, quote, traditional horror film, because to him this was more of a fable. Okay. Right? Or a dark fantasy movie. All right. Which is perfect for what we're looking for, which is, you know, fantasy mixed with horror elements. Mm-hmm. Boom. Which is why I think more people need to see this movie. Okay. But. It's easily accessible. Yeah. Netflix. Let's get into it. This let's break it down. one hour and 37 minutes. Love that. So, about an hour and a half, if you can discount the credits, <laughs> it is PG-13. So oh, no. so it's not even a hard R. No. Okay. There's, this movie is not a gore fest. Okay. Like, not the movie that you're thinking Well, about. we'll determine if it's a uh, gore fest and if it's good enough for my 11-year-old or not. Not many movies are, as we uh, discovered last night. So, this movie was, like I said, co-written, directed, and edited by Mike Flanagan, who you know from The Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. The Haunting of Bly Manor, mm-hmm. Dr. Sleep, a lot of Gerald's hauntings. Game. Gerald's Game's a rough one. We'll watch it eventually, but boy, oh boy, it's going to take a lot of building up to. Hush and Oculus. Man, he makes good scary movies. Okay. 
Uh, cool. It's co-written by a guy who has done a lot of co-writing with him. Uh, Jeff Howard, who did Connie of Hill House with him, Gerald's Game Inoculus. So the cast, the cast is kind of interesting. So it stars Kate Bosworth. Remember her? No. I mean, the name, but I can't place the face she for a second. She was Lois Superman Returns. She was in that Blue Crush, that movie about surfer ladies. Oh, okay. And she was in When a, when a Date with Tad Hamilton. <laughs> that movie that I weirdly have a soft spot for because it takes place in West Virginia. Okay. I think I might. represent. <laughs> when you see her, you're like, Yeah, oh, I know that face. Yeah, that's, okay, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Thomas Jane yeah. is her older husband. All right. I know Thomas Jane. <laughs> older. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea, The Mist, which we did for the podcast. Right. Boogie Nights. Um, <laughs> he's in The Punisher with John Travolta. Yes, so he there is. There you go. There's your Travolta fact of the week. Wah, wah, wah. Travolta fact. We need like a little sound graphic for Travolta fact. nose with a rubber hose. Like a, yeah. Followed by like a lightning bolt. <laughs> 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 This movie has Jacob Tremblay, who is a phenomenal child actor, who's now growing into a really good teenage actor. Cool. He was in Room, Doctor Sleep. He's the okay. baseball boy that yep. got tortured, murdered. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Uh, he's in The Predator, the, the last Predator movie. No. Uh, okay, that's and, lost on me, but I get it. Yeah. Annabeth Gish. Okay. She was in Mystic Pizza. Love that. <laughs> when, uh, also in Nixon, she was in Haunting of Hill House. Yep. And lastly, I'm going to talk about Dash Me Hook. Who was in Silver Lining's Playbook, Romeo and Juliet, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, a very underappreciated, very fun Shane Black movie. Fun. That starred Robert Downey Jr. right before he did Iron Man. Okay. So there you go. So that's our cast. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited because I think you're really going to like this movie. All like, right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I failed epically because this movie will not scare you to death. I think there's going to be parts that are going to scare you, but it's not the scariest movie. But I think you're really going to fucking like this movie. No, like you think it's going to be, do you think it's going to be number one this month? My no. number, my number one this month out no. of our movies? Um, I think you're going to love the shit out of it. Okay. Um, but there's something else that's going to be better. Honest, but I think I got a, I think I got a movie that's going to trump it for next okay. week. But, you know, because we're going to blur the lines because September and October, August are going to be a similar theme. Not quite the same, but similar. Okay. So it's going to kind of blur. So okay. We'll see. All right. So uh, this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster and I try to predict the play, uh, the, the play, predict what's going to happen. Here we go. This is now a podcast about stage About plays. this is all Broadway. Oh, it's very Silence of the Lambs, isn't it? Welcome to broadcast. Fear your dreams. So it's red... And uh, there's the butterfly and eyes, and it's bloody before I wake. Um, so, okay, I'm going to say that this is a movie. Hmm. I think this is going to be a movie that plays on that myth that we all had as teenagers, that if you die in your, in your sleep, you die in real life. Okay. I think that's the basis for this movie. So, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, the Nightmare on Elm Street has layers upon layers, and there's a whole thing. But, like, people start have, people start dying for, like, no reason. And they discover that uh, if you, you know, people are dreaming of their own death, and then they die. Yeah. Ooh. That's, I like, uh... I want to see that movie. Aw, thanks, babe. You I'll always see. believe in my weird dreams. I do. Also, um, listeners, I don't know if you can hear this or not, um, we're recording this in the house, and it is mid-August mm-hmm. and there are full-on cicadas fucking outside. Every, oh yeah. They're everywhere. That is the sound of summer in my head. 
Always. Cicadas fucking. Yeah. That's hot. West that's hot. summer, baby. <laughs> we're, uh, we're always 16 years behind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is on Netflix. We're about to go watch it. We're actually going to watch it straight up with your mom. Okay. Because I, I don't see there being any... Thing that's going to be too she's officially 75 yeah she had the big birthday uh we had a good time uh she didn't watch movies she got a shout out on her favorite podcast she got a card which yard. is this one right, right happy birthday happy birthday mom <laughs> uh she got a card my yard by my sister how fucked up is it we're not your mom's favorite podcast <laughs> i know and uh yeah she's a big seven five she's uh She's killing it. She's three quarters of a century old. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go watch uh, Before I Wake. Yeah. I just want to point out before we go that we are my my mom's favorite podcast. Your mom doesn't mom listen to podcasts. doesn't know about any other podcast that we win by default. She doesn't listen, does she? Yes, she does. Aw. All right. She wins. So there you go. <laughs> I think she just downloads and slides all the slider all the way to the end and doesn't actually listen, but it counts because we it get counts. to listen. Yay. Right. We love get you. That. We do. Before right. awake. Bye. Wait, that's not what I say. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. You ready? I think so. Cody, this is Mr. and Mrs. Hobson. Hi there. Good morning. He likes butterflies. I love this room. I think you'll make wonderful foster parents. Who's that? That's our son, Sean. Where is he? He's in heaven. Try and get some sleep, Cody. Good night. Welcome back. 
we watched Before I Wake. And I, this one, yep. Didn't scare me to death, but it, it scared me to pee a lot. <laughs> there were some insane jump scares. And I don't even know what the term is. At a very young age, I was obsessed with three men and a little baby. Three men and a baby. I remember that like ghost in the background thing. When somebody pointed that out to me, I haven't watched the movie since. Like, because that kind of shit scares me. And this movie was full of that. Like, just something in the background that's not supposed to be there. Yeah. And I scream cried a lot. Um, and just, like, just chuckled. I feel like I should apologize in advance before we start. Because I actually just, like, I took time to edit the front half before we did the back half. And I realized that we have a new podcast set up. I'm a little quiet opening from where I was sitting back a little further than I normally do. Yeah. So I'm trying to be closer, so hopefully this sounds lean, better. Lean in, darling. Uh, you have to be closer than you think. Yeah. yeah, I like this movie. I do like this movie a lot. This is a movie that has stayed with me, and I was looking forward to like, all right, we need to talk about this, because I have some I have some thoughts. Do you want to talk about the canker man? I want to talk about the canker man. Would it... Go ahead and let the people know that I called it. Right? The first time that we ever saw the canker man, what did I say? You were half right. I said, that's his mom. Yep. The first time that we see, that we actually see the canker man, it leans over the sleeping, I forget his name, and it goes, I will always be with you. And I went, oh, that's his mom. This is another mama. Um, where a spirit doesn't like is doing its best and doesn't realize, uh, except it's not his, well, it's not, it's It's an astral, right. It's an astral projection of his, in his dreams, which is a unused, is an often unused, um, superpower. Yeah. I'm before we get into talking about this movie, I just want to say, uh, I appreciate the fact that this movie does not try to explain how he has those powers. Yeah. They didn't do the Firestarter thing where they're like, they did an experiment on the parents oh. and they had a kid. The but kid that wasn't powers. in the like, book, was it? Firestarter? I don't think it was. I don't remember. So, but, I don't know. Like, they basically are just like, this is the world this is set in. Mm-hmm. This kid has powers. These powers do this. Mm-hmm. Accept it or don't accept it, but it does His not dreams, it. while he's asleep, his dreams... Um, anthrop- anthropomorphize. Is that the right word? Am- God, could you imagine? So everything he dreams starts kind of happening. So um, the family that takes... So, uh, okay, let's get back on track first off. Could this- you imagine the dreams that you would experience once he was going through puberty? Oh, God. <laughs> like, the fucked up... Woo, the sticky... Section. Very you sticky. Just, you'd be like, oh, why are there two, like... Moderately attractive high school teachers going at it in my kitchen. Oh, it's because he's, he's asleep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I never, I didn't think about yeah, that. It's adorable when they're little and they just like it's butterflies and oh, but when that kid's a teenager, okay, they're gonna get. So here's what I say: the movie was about versus what to get just to get back on track. Um, I, here's what I say: the movie is about a small child who has a special power where his dreams anthrop- anthropomorphize morphize or whatever they become real while he's asleep and people can interact with them and whatnot and so a foster child has this power and gets bounced around from placement to placement as people discover his ability and it drives them crazy and um, this is about the woman who takes the time to help a very traumatized boy understand his power um 
there, you know, at the start, we learned that the woman who, the couple who took, takes him in are grieving the loss of a son. Um, they had a child die. I think they said like five years, like it had been so many years. Yeah. I liked, well, here, read the, uh, read the IMDb and then we'll talk about what I, the parts I liked. About How about her. a young couple that recently lost a child, adopt a new one. At first, everything seems fine, but soon his dreams start manifesting into reality as he sleeps. First, his dreams are a beautiful thing. Uh, but soon the beauty starts con- uh, contorting into a darker, more deadly threat that could affect the couple greatly and possibly get them killed if they don't act fast. I don't think you even need to go that far. I don't think. Hmm. It's not that the dreams become horrible. It's that all his dreams become these projections that people can interact with. All of them, including the nightmares. And our nightmares, you know, well, from what we now understand of nightmares and, and dreams, and who knows if this is even correct, but the latest theory is that it's just, you know, your brain is a big card catalog. And at night, everything kind of gets filed and they refile things. And that's kind of what your brain goes through. So this poor boy's very first memory we learn is of his mother who is dying of cancer. And if you've ever seen anybody in the last stages of cancer, they look like a walking skeleton, like a ghost. It's, it's not a good look. And so that's the only memory he has of his mom because she died when he was so young. And she promised him, you know, she would be with him. She would look after him. So in his eyes, it was this monster coming after him, not anyway. So he's having these very traumatic dreams and um, we find out that it has taken some people. Um, one of the placements um, when the the mother figure in that placement kind of just got sick of the flu. Um, the dream killed her or took her, I should say. And um, a little boy who bullies him gets taken. And it... it, hmm. I, don't, it I don't think taken is the right word. They die. I don't think so. This is what I want to talk about. <clears throat> so in my head, at the end, so they the, are dead. No, I don't think so. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna spill the beans at the let's, ending. Let's break this down because I think they're. Dead. I think so. At the the <clears throat> the final scene of the movie, he's curled up with his foster mom, who is played by what's her name? Kate Bosworth. Kate, it was it absolutely was somebody who I saw and went, oh yeah, I do know her, Kate, just like you said. Kate Blue Crush Bosworth. Um and. <laughs> They're kind of snuggling in and and he says, can you tell me a bedtime story? And she starts to tell him about the little bully boy who just woke up one day and was home and all the mad things that happened to him. And one day, you know, the woman came home to her husband and he was out of the hospital because he missed her. And and her husband, who gets taken, she says he gets the best gift of all. He gets to stay with his son. So I had this. I had this interesting idea that when he goes to dream the next time when he sleeps, those things do happen. They, the woman comes back, the child comes back and, but she left her husband gone because that's where he wanted to be. Like he got to be with their son. And does that make any kind of sense? I, yeah, I see where you're going and I wish like, to say that's unrealistic is odd because the whole movie is unrealistic. Yeah, I, that's a thing where, like, I that's an ending that I'm like, oh, that would be great. But I, just, I don't think that's the ending of the movie. I, I do. I feel like she 
made a choice to help comfort him, to get him to have closure and let some things go no, I, I and let these people come back. I totally agree that that's what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has the ability to bring them back. He may not. I think he has the ability to project them back to people the same way. The same way he did their he child. Does. Yeah. Because the, the clue to me, there's two clues in the ending that say they're dead to me. One, um, the guy was not in the hospital. Yeah. Like, yeah. He just I knew you were going to bring that up. After like trying to kill a child with a gun. He's right. Just, Boop. Hey, I'm here. That's one. Two, Tom Jane. And let's be honest. Jacob Tremblay is amazing in this movie. Yeah, the child. Yeah, he's such phenomenal. A phenomenal. He has this what I call the Chad Lowe smile. Yeah, but it's Tom, a very distinct smile, and it's good looking. Tom Jane plays one of my all-time favorite movie dads in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like you just are like, man, I wish he was like my dad. He definitely <laughs> like, was the a dad good guy. I, wish I had when I was not that my dad was bad or anything, but it's fucking awesome. But. He He's was such a good dad. He was definitely the voice of the audience. So once they kind of figure out, or once mo- the mom figures out that he, whatever he's dreaming about is what comes to see them at night, she starts influencing those dreams uh-huh. by bringing back all these pictures of their son, Sean, and, and showing videos of Sean and really explaining to him in great yeah. detail she about Sean. Voice. And, and the whole time in the back of my head, and then all of a sudden it, the dad says, this feels like abuse. This feels like abuse. We're taking advantage of him. This isn't fair. You know what I mean? And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I felt. Yeah. Um, and so the dad was definitely the voice of the audience. But then on top of being like he takes the day off and just spends the whole day making the, the room exactly what the kid wants and does everything with it. And so the dad gets taken. He gets taken because it's after, we don't know if it's after, when it comes to the door, when the canker man. The canker man. Comes to the door. It's after the, uh, the boy. Honestly, for canker. Or the mom. If you did not Tom see. The, gets in the way. Yeah. If, like it's not going for him at all. He just happens to intercept it to try to stop it from hurting either one of them. Like. Yeah. Watching the movie back, I noticed, I'm like, oh, it's not in any way, like interested in him it's actually more interested in her right mom which i think that was yeah it definitely solidified to me because again i've you know we saw mama this would make a great double feature with mama Mm -hmm. and everything like even the canker man is is very it's like a shadowy white figure where but it moves the same way as the character and mama does but the character and mama is like a black shadowy figure so it's very opposite that way but once you figure out that it's what he remembers of his mother, you can see that it's like this spirit has wants to protect the child, but also wants to protect the child from ever being hurt again. So when that one mother got sick, even if it was just the flu, she was going to be fine. But rather than anything, like you just took her. Okay. Let's disagree on this. Okay. I think we're going to disagree on this. Okay. I 100% agree with you that this would make a great double feature with Mama. I totally disagree with you that they're connected at all by, like, a spiritual force. You think it's just the projection? It is totally the projection of his trauma that is hurting other people. But then where does it take the dead person? Because there's no body. There's nothing. kills him. Like, I don't... It's it's the same thing where, like, how does he project his dreams? I don't know. Um... Okay. How does he like web people to the wall? And, like, well, and that was my other thing like, about um, why I thought that was my proof of how 
at the end, he let those people go because the uh, adoption agent, I guess. I mean, she didn't get killed. No, and and she and they all just came out of the cocoons Remember, and they were he, fine. He said like they put a go in cocoons for protection. Like, right. Cocoon them to protect them because. Oh, that's right. He knew. He knew what was coming. Them. Like I think if when the canker man attacks her in the hallway at the end and she gives him the baby toy and hugs canker man, mm-hmm. if it would have turned into the mom, I would have been like, oh, it's like a ghost, like a spiritual figure. It turns into the boy. Because it's his the projection of his yeah. trauma. I, this movie. So the canker man, it's when he's little, he saw it was C A N C E R, and he thought it was canker, canker mom. Yeah. Canker mom becomes canker man, so and that's his nightmare. I this movie to me is I can boil it down to I think I can sum up the whole story of this movie, the whole what this movie is about by just saying, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Right? For sure. Everyone in this movie that is really good gets really fucking damaged by trauma, mm-hmm. right? The child. Tom uh, Jane, <clears throat> his yeah. wife gets mad at him because he doesn't need to go to therapy, like group therapy with her. because People grieve different. He, Yeah, but he's yeah. also like, while he's not like, I'm, I'm totally over the loss of my child, he's handling a lot better than her. Yes. Right? He's like, he's, this sucks, this is a horrible thing that happened, and we need to move on with our lives. And she kind of hates him for that yeah right she's like i wish he would come i wish he would do this with me i wish but he doesn't need to do that so the child sean dies you're never really completely explained he essentially drowned in a bathtub yeah. and she blames him we do yeah she that. definitely we blames him how it happened but she definitely blames him for and he how put it um we see him you know putting in you know handrails on the bathtub and really kind of it's it's a very poor sad thing is they kind of have these flashbacks so I, I assume it's something where the kid slipped and fell into the tub and then couldn't get out or, or something or it might just be that the child you know maybe fell asleep in the tub and drowned and this is what the mother thinks had happened was that he was splashing around and going crazy who knows like, we don't know we just know that it was a bathtub and and it ended with um, a five-year-old do- had, was dead let's go back over just off the top of my head mm-hmm. Because it's been like a day or two since we watched this. I just want to talk about the people in this movie that die. Okay. Or have bad shit happen to them. <laughs> okay. Because there's a theme to them, right? Yes. So the first adopted dad we meet, he loses his wife because she's really sick and she reminds him of her of yeah. his dying mom. Of this. So that's what, what was brings name? all this back. Sean. Dash Mahook is the, the I know the, the, the actor. What was his name in the... I, I Cody? Know. Maybe. I think it was Cody. But whatever, go ahead. Her like getting really sick. Foster mom one brings that repressed memory up, and, and canker man it, kills it's her. What really kicks this into overdrive, and it kills her. Yep. Right out of like some weird, like wanting to trauma. protect him from being hurt again. Like I'll just I'll take her out before yeah, she can leave. Sort people, of a thing. Hurt people. Yeah. People that have all this trauma stored up lash out, and we don't know why. And you hurt the people closest to you without meaning to because something in your head is like ringing like a big warning bell saying, you know, you're going to get hurt again. So Yeah, get control of the situation before you can get hurt again. Yes. Right. He goes to all these foster families. He ends up with uh, Kate Bosworth and Tom Jane and they're really good parents. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to They really hard. are. But her trauma, like the dad is, like I said, he's still 
is mourning the loss of his son, but he's not trying to use this kid's powers as a way to create... Right, to, to bring his child like back. their dead child. Right. Because even, they're even aware, they're like, it's not our kid, it's just a projection, but... But she, the mom thinks that it's like, well, this is going to help me heal. I get to say goodbye to him. I get to, and the dad is like, yeah, but it, that's that's not him. Yeah, it's, it's this I is would a argue little kid it's doing the opposite. Absolutely, right? it's on, pulling up the old the scab, and it, it's not letting it heal. Her doing that, yeah, and pushing it down that route. Yep, against Tom Jane's better judgment because he's. I totally think he's right in this situation. I agree. Yeah. You know, it creates this horrible situation where Cankerman shows up and it, it I believe it tries to attack the mom for doing and all he this stuff. Saves and her. He saves her. Yeah. And it costs her her family. Like yeah. so constantly looking backward and reaching for something that is not there costs her the things around her because she loses him, her husband, and she loses the kid. Because yeah. he ends up going to back into state's custody, which sets up the whole ending. But this movie's all about processing trauma mm-hmm. and how you don't do it. And when you don't do it, bad things can happen. It, it escalates and get worse and worse and worse. It like just I tell, up, yeah. I tell people all the time where I work for the military now, weirdly. Work with the military, yeah. not for the military. Well, I, you know, I work for the military. I'm not in the military, I work for the military. Right. But I work in like mental health and suicide prevention. And the thing is, Everyone's so worried that if I have a mental health issue and I tell someone, then that's going to cost me my job. In or the military, it can. Everyone, it can, but everyone's going to look at me differently. But mm-hmm. the problem is when you have a small problem, like an acorn-sized problem, and you don't reach out. Right. Then it, it becomes a tree. It grows into a tree, and that's a huge problem. And suddenly, like, something that six months to a year ago could have gotten a hold of absolutely now you cannot get a hold of it yeah and that's what's at the heart of this movie Uh, yeah this was a very good movie i really enjoyed it in no way well does it fit the archive formula there is action it's a revolutionary idea i haven't seen I, I mean obviously it doesn't matter i may have seen and forgotten has there been a movie where like a, there's a dreams like their dreams like that Okay, so I mean, it's not really revolutionary. It's a kind of a new idea. It It pulls from Nightmare on Elm Street. It pulls from Mama. It pulls from things like that. I found this. Let me just read you this since you brought it up. Yeah, go ahead. So I found where someone broke it down and said, this is a combination of other older horror movies, right? So The Shining, you have a boy with terrifying power. Yeah. Like ESP powers and whatever. And Nightmare on Elm Street, you have monsters from the dream world killing people in the real world. Okay. Edward Scissorhands and Frankenstein mythologies where you have a childlike monster figure who is innocent at heart and accidentally kills people. And then the okay. sixth sense, you, the boy seems to connect with people and spirits from another world and finally the Twilight Zone, uh, it's a good life where you have a boy with terrifying powers who is tamed not by an exorcist but by a mother figure who operates like a horse whisperer of sorts mm-hmm. who calms him down and brings him back to the real world. Yeah. So... It's a synthesis of a lot of stuff. So, eh, there's a lot, there is, the killing aspect is not, it's not really killing, it just hugs them until they disappear, sort of a thing. It's, it's violent, but there isn't. Well, I wouldn't say it hugs them, it swallows them. Like, it's body. Yeah, like just, yeah, it sucks the them in. cancer would. Exactly. It envelopes them and then they disappear. Fantasy, yes, and there is no fornication. So, maybe two out of... Six, would you say one third 
of the Arkov fits, maybe. Uh, I mean, this isn't a movie meant to be archived. Do you know what I mean? This isn't meant to be a... It's definitely not supposed to be an exploitation. Yeah, this film. is a quiet, make-you-think movie. Yeah, that's supposed to... Again, double feature with Mama, right? Uh, tell me some trivia. What What is there cool behind the scenes of this movie? I like the idea of the conglomeration of all those different... Is that like a confirmed thing, or is that just uh, a theory? It's just something I, I saw where someone was like, you know, this movie has all these yeah. pieces to it from other movies. Uh, so, none of the butterflies in the first couple scenes mm-hmm. have antenna and it's not until the little girl next to him is like i noticed that they have these and she draws <laughs> them one that they have them after them. yep i noticed that so uh the movie was originally gonna be titled somnia which would have made the third film by him which figure uh which would have had a single latin word for a title because he was coming off abstentia and octopus. oh okay so and, been, he would have had is that why they didn't let him like Latin okay this going. isn't going to be your thing <laughs> uh so we talked about the front half how this movie was supposed to come out in 2016 oh right but it didn't uh, get it, yeah. it, it went out everywhere else but here it went out in 2018 thanks to the whole relatively media going out of business and whatnot but in the rest of the world <laughs> When it went out in 2016, it was one of three, count them, three movies Mm -hmm. that Mike Flanagan made that year. Really? He released uh, that this movie, Hush, which is fucking good. Yeah, I've heard about (laughs) it. And he did Ouija, Origin of Evil, which is way better than the first Ouija movie. No. So there you go. He did three movies in one year. Now, like he did, or did they all just drop at the same time? No, he did. I mean... Like he, he had worked done them on, prior, dang. yeah, and but they all came out in 2016. 2016 was a big, it was a big year for him. The guy who went on to do Doctor Sleep, good for him. I love from the bottom of my every. Soul. I tell you what, I do I too. Love that movie. I do too, and I was very happy. Um, another movie podcast that I listened to also said that they finally, during the pandemic, forced themselves to watch Doctor Sleep because it's it is so long, and they said the exact same things we did. It it goes by really fast, and it's exactly what you yeah. want. Um, it's exactly what was needed because it doesn't hide like it, it addresses yeah this kid this is a grown up man who had a fucking traumatic childhood like this is <laughs> yeah this is kind they address of, it, it and this movie does the exact same thing you can see this as like a test ground for some of the stuff he's going to do in Doctor Sleep and please please yeah please, oh yeah for sure if you've not seen Doctor Sleep please do yeah the director's cut though <laughs> and then like, listen to our podcast about it the director's it. cut is actually like way better yeah. It's longer, but there's more character stuff. You should totally watch it. I adore this movie. I, I did don't too. know why more people haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. Well, because the way it was released. It's on Netflix. Too. I would definitely... We did watch this, in fact, with uh, with my 75-year-old mother, who I, I think she liked it. It was easy to follow. It got her all the jump scares. This is the kind of scary movie she likes. There's no blood. There's no gore. But there's enough of the jump scares it and the things and the, the creepiness is what she it's likes. And it's not confusing either. I would not watch... The, oh my gosh, I would not watch this with my 11-year-old. Never. Never. The 14-year-old might watch this. Hmm. It's not Midsummer. It's not Midsummer. Midsummer. He... I don't know. This is a movie that he would either really get into and be like, yes, like, I like this. Or he'd be out. In the first 10 minutes. I'm going to bet on that one. <laughs> Out in the first 10 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he likes his horror more dread-filled and not 
This is to the fifteen-year-old. I said he was fourteen. To, he's fifteen. He doesn't seem to like fantasy stuff, except for Midsummer. That's not very fantasy based. It's very realistic. Hmm. Yeah, like the horror films that he really likes are things that it's like, oh well, this could actually really be happening right now somewhere. <laughs> like he doesn't like shit about like it's a magical kid that like makes butterflies come to life. He likes, oh, it's a cult that will murder you. Fair. Like Mandy. Shit like that. Sorry. Because Mandy is the definition of realistic. With demonic bikers that are summoned by like a stone ocarina. Well, it's a cult. I love that movie. Anyway, what are we watching next week to continue (laughs) our, uh, your birth month? Which month? What are we watching? So for my birthday. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I can do whatever. Whatever you want, darling. Uh, We're going to do Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh, it's been a hot minute since I've seen that movie. One of my all-time favorite movies. Wait, have I seen that one? It, well, yeah. If you, if you have or you haven't, it doesn't matter, because we're going to I think I have. dissect the shit out of this movie. I For Josh's birthday, we're going to watch a Guillermo del Toro, which is his favorite of favorites. Him and Carpenter. And David Lynch. David but for different Lynch. reasons. Yeah, but I for different reasons. All three of those men... But for very different reasons. That, I wish that was my three men in a baby situation. <laughs> David Lynch, John Carpenter, Those are my three dads. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next week when we will watch Pan's Labyrinth. I'm so excited. <laughs> Until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs>